I've been in this house for 32 years, part of this house for 32 years. Sonia has been part of this house for 46 years. That's pretty amazing. And I just echo what Belinda said and um, what Mitch said. Um, I just am just so grateful and so thankful for that God brought me into this house and could be part of this house. And, you know, I remember over here is where I got water baptised, where I made a public declaration of my faith in Jesus Christ many, many years ago. It was a Sunday morning. I think it's the only, only water baptism I've ever seen on a Sunday morning. And um, it was powerful. I met here, I met in this church, I met Sonia, my beautiful wife, um, woman of faith, um, as we were serving together in youth and young adults at the time they were combined. Um, we met, we got married in this house. Um, uh, we, we, we had children here. We raised our families here, like Pastor Jack said. We had our, our babies dedicated here in this house. Um, and we have grandchildren on the way in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. And um, I know Josh is going to hate me for doing that, but I don't care. I'm just so excited. So, Sonia, um, I've been watching... Dan Briffer, Mick Davies, Steve Peacock, um, um, Ty Alpard, all becoming grandfathers, and I've been going, Lord. So finally, <laughs> hallelujah, um, one's on the way, and I'm just so grateful for that. But, uh, you know, what, what excites me the most is I see the generation. I see Geordie this morning lead us his worship, and Jonah, and I see these, you know, that, these that I've seen um, dedicated over the years, now serving the Lord and, 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 and coming and rising up into their own calling and in, in, in their own. And it's just incredible, the generations. The generations, just incredible. And, you know, what we're a part of now is going to way outlive us. And, you know, I just want to start by saying, you know, in our Western world, we often tend to think about the here and now, the immediate, but how many know God thinks in terms of generations? God's got a much longer view. There are more than 150 biblical references in the Bible to generations. God clearly communicates that we are part of something larger that existed long before we did, that was passed down to us, and generations also extend into the future. We are part of something that God is doing now that will continue long after we are gone. And I want to share a few thoughts from Joshua um, this morning, Joshua chapter 1, but just a, just a quick little bit of background. Um, many years before this, um, hundreds of years before this, a seven-year famine was responsible for God's people ending up in Egypt. And um, initially they flourished under the, uh, under, under the leadership of Joseph. As you know, he was too in charge um, in the country after Pharaoh. However, Joseph was soon forgotten in Egypt and for several centuries the Israelites were enslaved by the Egyptians who worked them ruthlessly. God heard their cries though and sent Moses and Aaron to rescue them, to take them to the promised land. Moses said to Pharaoh, let my people go and we, we, you know, we read and 10 plagues later finally, Pharaoh finally agrees to release the Israelites and then Moses leads them out of Egypt with the Egyptian armour chasing him. Obviously, Pharaoh had a bit of a change of heart. Then they came to the Red Sea, and God parts the Red Sea, and they go through. The Egyptian army follow, and God lets the water come back together, and they drown. Eventually, they arrive at the border of the promised land of Canaan, 
and the 12 spies were sent out to spy out the land. 10 came back with a bad report, which people believed. God had promised them victory. The land he commanded them to go in and take was already theirs. They simply had to trust and obey, but they didn't. This resulted in them wandering in the desert for 40 years, after which Moses died on Mount Nebo at the age of 120 within sight of the promised land. You know, despite his flaws, you know, Moses was a great leader. He got two million complaining children out of Israel, sorry, out of Egypt, across the Red Sea, with the Egyptian army following them, and dealt with the logistics of food and water in the desert. You know what? God, God used Moses. God used him powerfully. I know that's a, a very small snapshot, but God used Moses and he used him powerfully. But now we're going to read in Joshua 1 where, it's, where we're going from one generation to the next generation. And I want to start here in Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 to 2. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid. Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. And my first point this morning is this. For every generation, there is a mission to fulfill. There's a mission to fulfill. You know, uh, Moses didn't quite get those people into the promised land um, and but he did get them out of Egypt and he got them to the, to the border of Canaan, the promised land. But Joshua here, Joshua was called now to t- take them into the promised land. And you know, like at, at Man Church on Tuesday night, Pastor Stu interviewed Reg Matthews, an elder in this church who's been a big part of the history in this church. And we heard about from Reg about a growing congregation in the 70s and the early 80s who were seeing many being saved, amazing healings, etc. They were literally bursting at the seams of a rented premises. We heard about a generation who stepped out in faith at that time. They bought this land and then in the early 80s built the auditorium that we now worship in, leaving an incredible legacy for us today. There was a mission for that generation not only were they reaching out and, 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 and getting the gospel out and people were being saved and healed and everything, but they had a mission and that included the hands-on labouring and working on this church building. And I'll tell you, Reg has got some stories. We heard some of them at Man Church on Tuesday night, but if you want more, go and see Reg. What an awesome man of God. But I want to thank the men and women who rose up at that time and it was a step of faith to do this back then. A massive step of faith. And men and women who rose up and said, this is mine. I own this. I'll be there. I'll serve. I'll work. I'll give. I'll pray. I'll believe in Jesus with all of my heart. I'm there with you. I thank you for each one of them. But you know what? This is a new day right now. With the death of Moses, God in effect said to Joshua, Moses is not here now. You're it. And how many know... We're it. We're it now. You and I have a purpose. There's a mission for our generation to fulfill. The faith of the last generation is useless if the next generation doesn't pick it up. If we don't, who is going to do it in our generation? 
We have a responsibility and a mission. And you know what? Just like Moses and just like Joshua, their mission was to get a people, God's people that were enslaved into a promised land. We have been called by Jesus. He's told us to do this. He said in Mark 16, chapter 15, and then he told them, you are to go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone, everywhere. The gospel to everyone, everywhere. That's what we've been told. That's our mission. The Great Commission in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you to win the lost and make disciples. That's our mission. Our mission is to do that. And the good news is that we're called to preach his good news, his gospel, his incredible good news, which is that we have been enslaved. The Israelites were enslaved in Egypt, but how many know we were enslaved by sin? We're enslaved by sin. But Jesus came, went to the cross, died and paid the price of that sin so that we could have freedom, that we could live in abundant life, that we could have our promised land, just like the Israelites were given their promised, were promised land. That's the good news. That's the mission that we've been called to do, to take that good news and to tell the truth, tell the gospel to everyone, everywhere. And you know what? That mission hasn't changed. You know, back in the 1780s, that mission, the same call, the same mission then was what they had as well. And people were getting saved. People were being healed. And I, I look incredibly over, over my 30 years and I just think about, I mean, I could tell you story after story of lives I've seen that have been transformed by the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because there was a local church here in Penrith who loved Jesus and had a passion to fulfill his mission. We're called to fill his mission. Every generation, for every generation, there is a mission to fulfill. Yeah. And you know what? We are now have a mission to fulfill. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Then I want to read this. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 3 and 5, it says this. I will give you every place where your foot, where, where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Verse 5. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. Amen? Do we believe that? Yeah. We were singing that this morning, Amen. We were singing victorious. I mean, for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, Jesus promised that we would have an abundant, victorious life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Let me just say this. For every generation, there is a promise to believe. There's a promise to believe. You know, there's many promises for us to believe as New Testament Christians. God promises for the free gift... God promises the free gift of salvation to all who believe in his son, Jesus, in Romans 1, 16 to 17. God promises that all things will work out for good for his children, Romans 8, 20. So many promises. But you know what? Josh, when we go back to Joshua, Joshua's experience was going to be different to Moses' experience. God doesn't promise our own experience will be like someone else's. 
But what God did promise Joshua was that the relationship he had with Moses would be the same. He said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Joshua had a different day. He didn't need God to duplicate the experience of Moses. He needed God to be with him for the battles that he was going to face. The battles we face will be different. The battles we face may be different to the generation before us, but the God we face them with is the same. He is the same God throughout the generations. Hebrews 13.8 says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And that Jesus makes the same promise to us. I love it. We read earlier the Great Commission in Matthew 28 verse 18 to 20 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded to you. And then he goes on there in verse 20, he goes on to say this, and surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. I love that promise, that promise to us, the same promise that, that Joshua got there um, as he was about to go into the promised land. The same promise is, is that he will be with you always. As we fulfill the mission that God has called us to do, as we go and make disciples, as Jesus has commanded us to do, his promise is that he will be with you always to the very end of the age. So no matter what we encounter, no matter what comes up, no matter what we have to face, he is with us today. And as we as a church, you know, today... Um, you know, as we come around and it's a, our heart for his house day and we celebrate and we're thankful for everything God's done. We're expectant and full of faith for everything he's going to do in the years and ahead um, through this um, house and this local church and this um, beautiful family of God. We are know and we know and have the assurance that he is with us always. And I love that. I think that's powerful because, you know, you know, today as we take up our offering, you know, we're in a, an environment and a, clim- a climate and an envir- environment which is, would, is, is, brings fear in terms of the whole area of finance. But how many know that God didn't give us a spirit of fear but of love, of sound mind? Um, he didn't give us a fear. You know what we need to do? Just like God has called, called Moses to do and he called Joshua to do. He called us to trust him and to obey him. Whatever God calls us to do, whatever God speaks to us to do, whatever mission, the mission he's called us to do, he calls us to obey and trust him. And not allow fear. And which brings me on to the next point, which I love, which flows really beautifully there in Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 to 8. He says this, Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. 
Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you and do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. Do you know, not only is there for every generation a mission to fulfill, not only is there for every generation a promise to believe, but you know what? For every generation, there's a danger to face. There's a danger to face. And, you know, I think... I think the Lord's saying something here. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Our theme this year is courageous. It's almost like he knows we're scared. When, when we have an op- opportunity in our workplace to share the gospel. It's almost like he knows we're scared. It's almost like he knows we don't have it all together and we know. It's almost like he's going ahead of us and saying, look, I know you think you can't handle this, but it's time to reach down deep inside and find that courage and get hold of it and say, by God's help, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to live by faith, not by sight. I'm not going to look at the circumstances. I'm not going to look at things around me. I'm going to live by faith. When we are fulfilling his mission, there will be a danger to face a time for being courageous. We live in a world right now in a season in time where we need, as the church of Jesus Christ, courage more than ever. Courage, what is it? Courage is just faith with a, word, with a sword in its hand. Sometimes courage means we have got to go into battle. Joshua's example of crossing the Jordan River a few Chapters later in chapter 3, the Israelites faced a faith step. They stood just across from the Jordan River, across the Jordan River from the Promised Land. Joshua instructed them to prepare to cross the river. You know what? The Jordan's not a very big river. It's about 30 metres wide and about 9 metres deep, except in the flood season. Can you guess when God wanted the Israelites to cross the river? It was just as the spring weather was melting, snow off the mountains, turning the Jordan into a giant, rushing, torrential, dangerous river. God put them in a moment where the crossing seemed impossible. How many times have we been in those moments? The nations, how many know this? In the the 70s and 80s, I bet you there was moments and times when that generation thought, this is impossible. The nation's spiritual leaders began to walk into the water and God did a miracle, damming the water about 27 kilometres upstream. The waters receded and the Israelites Israelites crossed over. God has given us a mission, but there may be a Jordan River in our path. What barriers stands in our way? The first step is always the hardest. What we should do when we know something is God's will, but we're scared to do it. You know what? We do it anyway. If we know it's the right thing, 
we fight the fear. Courage isn't the absence of fear, it's moving ahead in spite of our fear. Once we make that first step, more faith will come. I, I can testify that to my own journey. We can start small, but we must start. That's the key, the first step. It's been my experience that the first step is always the hardest, but it's the, always the most important because it forces us to face our fears and move beyond them. It doesn't have to be a big step, but it does have to be taken. I love what it says in Ecclesiastes 11.4. If you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. I wonder about those that have come before us, Reg and others, in those days in the late 70s and early 80s. I wonder, I wonder if they had waited for the perfect conditions, whether, he, whether this would be here today. For every generation, there is a mission to fulfill. We, for every generation. There's a generation that's gone. There's a generation that's laid a platform. We stand on the shoulders of the generations that have gone before us, that have carried that gospel. Those that have built this house, we stand on the shoulders of that generation. But there's a mission to fulfill. And it's our time. And it's now for us. It's our mission to fulfill now. And there's a promise to believe. And there we have lots of promises, amazing promises, promises that we stand on. But there is a promise for us to, to as we fulfill the mission, there's a promise for us to believe, and that is he's with us. And that's all we need to know. We just need to trust him, believe him, put our faith in him, and obey him, and know that he is with us. You know what? There's rocky times. There's, there's, there's mountains in front of us. There's things that happen. There's seasons in life. But you know what? We have the knowledge that he's with us and enabling and empowering us and helping us to do what he's called us to do. And finally, finally, there's a danger to face. You know what? The Christian life isn't, isn't easy. It's abundant. It's, it's full of life. It's awesome. I love it. I wouldn't swap it for anything. But there's a danger to face. There's dangers in our life. As we're taking this gospel, we're fulfilling his mission to take the gospel to everyone everywhere, to take the good news, um, to win the lost, to make disciples. There's challenges. There's, 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 there's brick walls. There's all sorts of things that come our way. But you know what? He's with us. He's with us. And he's given us courage. And we just need to trust in him and do what he's called us to do as a church. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord. As we look at the generational generation from Moses to Joshua, from generation to generation, and we see, Father, that for every generation, there is a mission to fulfill. There's a promise to believe. And there's a danger to face. And we face that danger yes. with your courage. Thank you, with your courage because you are with us, Father. And we just love you. I thank you for this house. I thank you, Lord, as I think about all those over the years that have come to know you personally, Lord. 
Oh, over, the, over my 30 years here, I thank you for so many who have come to know you personally and wonderfully, Father. I thank you as the, as the gospel's been preached and people have come to know you personally. I thank you. Thank you for those that have found freedom in this place, Father God. Found freedom, Father, that lived in the bondage of sin, Father, but have found freedom as they've found Christ and, 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 and journeyed and learned how to walk in that freedom, Father. Those that have known you, those that have found you, I thank you over the years for those who have discovered their purpose, Father. Amazing. For those and, 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 and those who have just made an incredible difference in their life because they have found you, Lord. I thank you for that, Lord. And I just pray today, Father, thank you for this church. I thank you that it's our time. And I pray that as we serve you with all of our hearts, as we do our best to play our small part in fulfilling the mission that you've called us as a church, Lord, as a family of God, I pray, Lord, your hand upon everything we do. And Lord, that you give us the courage, you give us the courage to do that, what we need to do, Father. And Lord, that you'll be with us. And Father, I just pray for the generations, Lord for the generations to come, Lord. I pray they will be able to stand on our shoulders just like we're standing on the shoulders of those who've come before us, Father. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.